Praise the Lord. And it's great to be in the house of the Lord this Wednesday evening and for the opportunity to speak. I thank you, Pastor, for this chance. And I feel like my heart is full with a whole lot of the Lord. And I know that the culture that we're living in, the society that we're living in, the climate that we're facing right now is one of aggression, if I could use that word, that we're facing a, a time and a climate of aggression, and I don't believe for a minute that the church should back away. Amen. I think this time that we're facing now, the church needs to stand strong, and both in our individual lives, fight the fight that is set before us, and as a church, fight the fight that is set before us. Amen. And so having thought that, when I think of a fight in the Bible, I think of the one that is probably one of the most commonly taught Bible stories in Sunday school ever, of a fight with a sling and a few stones, David and Goliath. And I think of that fight, that battle, where the giant comes out and he is storming, declaring who can fight me, who will fight me. And the Israelites are not exactly giving in to his taunts. They're not giving in to his teases, come and fight me, come and fight me. Instead, they're doing what I don't believe we need to do now, and that is cowering in fear, looking for someone else to deliver. I don't think that's what we need. We already know the one who's going to deliver. Amen? And it was a little shepherd boy who came and said, I, he had a revelation that if I fought a bear and God delivered him into my hands, and I fought a lion and God delivered him into my hands, what's this giant? When God is on the scene, who cares who comes against me? God can take care of it all. Amen? And I think of that story and how powerful it is. And with five smooth stones, only requiring one, one sling and right in the forehead of the giant and he fell down. And then with Goliath's own sword, David took off his head and claimed the victory. Amen? Today, I wish it weren't so, but we're facing giants. And we've had some giants that we've already faced. How many of you can say, in your walk with God, you've dealt with some giants? Amen. Amen? Doesn't take very long serving the Lord before you find a giant that you need to conquer. And it's easy to give in to a spirit of, well, I don't want to fight. I'd rather let someone else fight, or maybe this isn't worth fighting for, or all kinds of excuses of why we might not fight, but we must fight. We mustn't be like the Israelites who stayed aside, but we have to have that spirit of David where we say, you come against me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. Amen? And here we are in 2021 now, and I really appreciated Brother David's little reference to the meme. Last week we were in it seven days. I'd like my, my free trial. I'd like that back, please. <laughs> I get it because 
2020 turned into 2021, and I don't know if things aren't more crazy than 2020, and we haven't been in it very long. Amen? And we're here. And yet, it doesn't matter, because even if you've conquered things in your life before, I have some sort of unfortunate news for you. Goliath wasn't the only giant that David faced. Goliath was the first giant that David faced. Goliath had some brothers. Don't you know that's just like life? Just when you think you've conquered something, just when you think you've had some victory, just when you think things are going good, then comes another, another giant, another trial, another situation that comes right in your way. And as we're talking about fighting, I want to be clear because, again, the culture that we're in right now and the climate of our po political environment, we're talking about spiritual battles, not physical ones. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers against the rulers of darkness of this world. We're not fighting a physical fight. We're not fighting against individuals. And sometimes that's hard for us to know when it's an individual being used by the enemy to do the attacking. Sometimes we'd like to, boy, just attack back, but it's not the individual that we're fighting. The Bible is clear. We don't wrestle flesh and blood, but we fight against the principalities, the spirits behind it. Amen? So this is not a call to pick up a sword in the flesh, but this is a call to make sure your sword is ready, it's in your hand, and we're going to fight the spiritual battle, whatever it may be. Amen? Amen? We're in 40 days of fire, and it's very appropriate that we get our flesh ready for this battle in the spirit. Amen. So as we take a look, we're going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 21, and there are a few verses here. And uh, you know it's a problem when the person running the slides sends you a text and says, are we really going to use all these verses tonight? <laughs> Pastor, that scares me because I know a guy who uses some verses. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. We'll just follow along. Maybe we won't use them all. Maybe we will. We'll see. 2 Samuel chapter 21, starting in verse 15. Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. One victory isn't going to be all you get. There's going to be another battle. But guess what? You get the victory in that one too. And David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. Ever wax faint? Ever feel like, whew, maybe this is a little too much for me? Verse 16 says, and Ishbibinab, that's correct pronunciation. <laughs> Ishbibinab, which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight, and being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. You get tired, you get faint. And won't you know, don't you know, the enemy takes that opportunity to seize in. David was faint. He'd been fighting a battle after battle. He was exhausted. He was weak. He was fighting. This fighting took a toll on his body. He was losing strength. And the Bible says he waxed faint. And as I get older, 
I noticed that age starts to play a role. Never thought I'd say that. But I went to the doctor uh, last year, earlier in this school year actually, and uh, had to, was having pain in my foot and had to have that looked at and uh, he was telling me like, you know, we can't even give you a shot for this pain in your heel. You're gonna have to, it's in a weird place, this pain that you're having and so we're gonna use some physical therapy and I said, okay, well, um, after some physical therapy, is it gonna get better? And he said, well, how old are you? Well, I'm going on 40, I'm almost 40. And he said, well, if you were 20, it would get better. <laughs> All right, well, then he kept talking, kept talking, he said, and, and when we do some physical therapy on this tendon here, then, um, you know, it's going this way, we really want it to go this way. And I'm like, okay, will that get better with some physical therapy? Well, if you were 20, <laughs> but you know, you're approaching that hill. <laughs> okay, All right. And he said, about three times in that meeting that 40's the age that it's just gonna all fall apart. I hope he's wrong. And yet, I am seeing some testimony in my own body that might be pretty accurate. Hallelujah. But when you get old, older, you get faint. And sometimes you can't take as much as you could take before, physically speaking. Well, this was what David was going through. And in verse 16, we read this, that Ishbibanov, this giant, which was named, by the way, comes along and he takes this opportunity to try and go in for the kill to take care of David. And I started thinking about this and uh, Dave, the, Goliath has more than one brother. In fact, we're gonna read about four brothers that he had. And this is the first one. And this brother, do you know what his name means? His name means he who sits in the seat of Nob. So I was thinking about that. Here's David faint. This giant represents what would make you just sit down and be, leave the battle. This is discouragement. This giant really represents discouragement where you've been fighting and fighting and fighting and you just feel like you can't fight that next push, and so you get faint, you get tired, you need a breath, and that's what this giant represents. He's just sitting. His name means he who sits. And so as we read about this giant, and we're not gonna go into too much detail about it, we just know that this was one of the giants that had to be overcome, and as we did, David faints, so we see this as discouragement. I don't know about you, but I've fought some hard battles before, and suddenly, when you're right in the thick of it, you start to feel down, start to feel discouraged, disheartened, ever feel disappointed, disengaged, maybe disoriented. You've just been fighting so hard, you want God to do something, you know God's gonna do something, and for whatever reason, this is not happening the way you thought it would. It's easy to just sit down and say, okay, maybe I need to take a break from this. Maybe I need to set my sword down and just stop fighting a little bit. You start to look at the problem more than the problem solver. This is when you take a look at everything going on around you and you start to analyze. You start to see the situation. You start to say, 
maybe I should have done this. Maybe these people could have done this. Maybe this should have been done. Uh, you focus on it. You focus, you analyze it, you study it. You try to figure things out and it just takes it out of you. You get tired of it. And sooner or later, you stop swinging that sword for just a little bit. Amen? Maybe you've been working too hard to just keep things working. Boy, I've experienced that, where you just, just the get up, go home, go to work, go home, go to bed. Remember the old McDonald's commercial? Get up, go to work, go home, go to bed, get up, go to work, go home, go to McDonald's. I remember it. I lived it. <laughs> Anyways, that sense of I'm just working and working and working and working and trying to get through and trying to get through and you just get fatigued. You just get tired. But this giant can take your fight right out of you. If you're not careful, that spirit of fatigue, that spirit of I'm just tired, I don't want to do this anymore, can stop you in your tracks and then allow the enemy to come in. And I don't want that to happen. I want to keep the sword at the ready. Amen? Second Samuel verse, chapter 21 verse 17 says, But Abishai, the son of Zeruai, succored him and smote the Philistine and killed him. And the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. Even his own people said, You need to be in your position of authority, but maybe not on the battlefield anymore. Maybe you need to stay at home, and we'll fight, and we'll take care of these giants. Ever been thankful for a church body? Oh, yes. When you are tired, someone else might come in and take a little load off your shoulders. Somebody might pray for you at just the right moment, might send a word at just the right time that just hits you right there. You ever experienced something like that? I'll tell you, in the trials I've been facing of late, I've never been more thankful for my church body. And at times, you didn't even know that you were being an encouragement. But I'd get a text, I'd get uh, a word back at the door, I'd get somebody come in and put their arm around me, tell you they're praying for me, and it lifts you up. When you feel fatigued, when you feel tired, that encouragement, somebody else coming in to just take a little load off. Amen? That's what this church is all about. So how do we overcome discouragement, this spirit of discouragement? Well, we have to understand the source of discouragement, and that is a loss of hope. When you lose your hope, you just get discouraged. It's momentary, but it happens when you just forget where your trust is, that your trust is in the Lord. Amen? And it's okay to feel discouraged. It's going to happen in your walk. But in the Holy Ghost, we have an out. Psalm 31, 24 says, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. So even if you're feeling a little discouraged, remember where your hope is. It's in the Lord. Joshua 1, 9 we heard this in a recent message. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest, even when you're feeling down. Isaiah 43, 
says, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. God is my Savior. Amen? So even in the midst of discouragement, I can remember that he is the one who has my hope and my trust is in him. And he's going to take care of any situation I'm in. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And Psalms 42.11 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. We've got to keep the fight up. Even in discouragement, we've got to keep the fight up. Even if it feels hopeless, even if the situation seems impossible, it's not with God. We've got to keep moving. We know that even when we can't see it, he's working. Even when I can't feel it, he's working. Hallelujah. I believe that. I trust that. Because there's a lot of times I don't know what's going on in the spiritual world, but I know he's got it in control. Amen. And he says, having done all, sometimes we feel like We've done everything we could. He doesn't say we even have to swing the sword at that point. He says, once you've done everything you thought you could, just stand. Just don't sit down. Don't let that discouragement make you put your sword down. Just keep standing. Keep the sword in your hand, and he's going to fight the battle. Amen. If we go on in 2 Samuel, Goliath had another brother. Verse 18 of chapter 21 says, And it came to pass after this that there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob. There was again a battle. Another battle. I wish that it was not so. But there was again another battle with the Philistines at Gob. Then Sibachai, the Hashite, Get ready, there's a lot of good words coming. <laughs> Slew Saf, which was one of the sons of the giant. Saf. All right. There was again a battle. Do you know what Saf means? Saf means tall. Okay, when I think of tall, I think it's just never going to end going on and on and on and on and on, and this fight is never going to end. Ever face a battle that you just thought was not going to be over? It's just pursuing, and every time you think you've made a turn in the curve, another one comes along, and it's just constant, just attack after attack, never seeming to end. You think, maybe I've closed the chapter in this book, and yet you turn the page only to find another twist in the plot. You ever feel that way? Maybe it's your health. Maybe sometimes you, you've gone through a health situation, you finally get what you think is a good report from the doctor, then you turn around and something else happens. And it just keeps on going. And I'm going on 40. I think I'm going to get a lot more of that. 
I'm just looking at you. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. I'm saying God is the one who is going to fight our battles for us. It doesn't matter how many times we have to face those trials over and over and over and over and over. No matter how tall the giant is, no matter how consistent the bombardments are from the devil and from the enemy, no matter how much he tries to throw at us, what does this do to us when we go through these over and over and over, these turns and twists and just seems like there's no way out the obvious end is just weariness just weary this second giant represents just being weary in your spirit how can i keep fighting the same battle how can i keep pushing through when i just need a good break oh, when we're not careful this giant will take us off the battlefield just as easily as the first to be weary in fact this is sort of more dangerous because if we're going to sit down and just let it go i don't want that in my heart i don't want that in my attitude i don't want that to be how i'm going to fight this battle i want to fight this battle with fire with intensity and we can't escape it no matter how much we want to do it we're going to face this giant there's going to be a time where you're going to face weariness in your body and weariness in your soul and weariness in the battle and in the fight. And yet, we don't have to stay out. In fact, we have a great out with this one because Isaiah 28 verse 11 says, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people, to whom he said, This is the rest. Sometimes I just need a rest. I just got to stop fighting for a minute. But if I do it on the battlefield, you're going to get overcome. But if you do it in the Lord, that's where the rest is. What are you talking about? I'm talking about your prayer closet. I'm talking about pulling aside. Maybe you have to sneak off at work to the bathroom or run down to your car and just get away for a second and say, Lord, I need a break from all this. I'm getting tired. I'm getting weary, my soul. I need this rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. What are we talking about here? That infilling of the Holy Ghost. When we let the Holy Ghost flow through and we break through in the spirit, that refreshes our soul and overcomes this sense of weariness and tiredness that we might face. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh, I find solace in those verses. Amen. So many times I'm trying to carry this weight and I can't carry it. It's too heavy for me. And the way I love about this verse, the thing I love is that he says, my yoke, take my yoke. You want to take all of this on yourself, but I didn't ask you to. I want you to put my yoke on you. It's easy and it's light because I'm pulling here with you. In fact, I'm doing most of the pulling. I'm just letting you participate. Sometimes he just wants us to participate in this battle. He's got it. It's in his hands. It's never been out of control for him. And we see this world reeling around. And he said, don't worry. I've got this. I want you to come out on the battlefield and see what it's like. 
but I've got you. I want you to carry a little of this load, but my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'll carry the bulk of this. I just want you to know what it feels like. I just want to include you in this. What a great intimacy with the Lord we have. Amen. John chapter 16 and verse 33 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. When you get weary in your heart, when you get weary in the depths of who you are, you need to find a place to just refresh in who he is. Let the spirit of the Lord flow once again through you, and he will strengthen you and fight that weariness. Amen. If we look at the third giant, 2 Samuel chapter 21 and verse 19. And, surprise, there was again a battle in Gob with the Philistines, where Elhanan, the son of Jaar-Oregum, a Bethlehemite, we got it, slew the brother, <laughs> but I can't say that, slew the brother of Goliath the Gittite, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Okay, but he doesn't give us a name, he gives us all kinds of names, but doesn't tell us the name of the giant. Okay, but if we find the same story again, we'll look in First Chronicles, and we'll find the same story almost word for word, and yet here we have a name. And there was a war again with the Philistines, and Elhanan, the son of Jair, that was a lot easier, slew Lami, the brother of Goliath, the Gittite. And I looked up what Lami means, and Lami means my bread. This giant is the one where you just get a little too comfortable with. You just say, okay, I've been fighting this battle so long, and it's been over and over and over. Maybe I'm just going to let it be. Maybe I'm going to stop fighting this fight. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe it's something that you fought your whole life. Maybe it's something that comes from childhood or something that someone else has done to you, or maybe it's something that you're facing, that you've faced over and over and over and over. This giant, my bread, means you've just decided to pull up a chair and sit down and say, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this one. I'm just going to live with this one. This battle, I'm not going to fight anymore. I fought it enough, and it's been hard, and I can't seem to overcome it, so maybe I'm just going to pretend it's not there anymore. Maybe this fight, I'm just going to let it sit, let it lie. I'm not going to stir up those emotions anymore. You know, it's been years, or I've gone through this before. Maybe I don't want to stir up these things, these feelings, these emotions. Maybe I don't want to go through that again. Maybe I'll just pull up a chair and sit and, and take a break and, and my bread. We can't do that. We can't do it. There are things that we face over and over, and I've said this before, God will and does deliver from mighty things. God raises people from the dead. I think of the story of Lazarus. God raised Lazarus from the dead. I would love to have talked to Lazarus after his resurrection. What was it like? What was it like to hear your name called out and come back to life after four days of being dead? But Lazarus isn't with us anymore. Something eventually 
got Lazarus for good, right? We face the same thing. Sometimes things we'd like to press down and push out of the way and, and feel like they're not there, sometimes we need to name them. And, and even though it might be uncomfortable, might be, uh, might be worth stirring up so that we can get what God wants to present us faultless. Sometimes we need to stir up some of those things. Maybe it's forgiveness that we need to work on, or maybe it's self-forgiveness we need to work on. But there are things that, battles that we fought over and over and over that we can't stop and just say, I'm just going to eat with this. I'll just let it rest here. I'll just, I can't fight it. I've fought it. I've tried, and I'm just going to let it go. We don't have to do that. God's word doesn't say that we need to concede to that. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse 24 says, know ye not that they which run in a race, I love this passage, run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. That means he's got a lot of self-control. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beats the air. I don't have the luxury of just saying, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm just going to take some swings and pretend I'm fighting. No, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Okay, what are you talking about, Brother Shane? When you think about this spirit of just giving up and saying, I'm just going to let that be. I'm going to bury it away. I'm going to make sure I don't... Sometimes we have to just fight it anyways. Sometimes we don't feel like fighting. I've been there. Sometimes I'd rather just say, you know what? I'm going to wash my hands of this. I can't do that. I can't wash my hands of something that the Lord wants for me to have, like a victory that God wants for me to have. I can't wash my hands of that. So what do I have to do? I've got to get up anyways. Anyhow, I've got to stand up even if I'm weary, even if I feel like giving in or throwing in the towel. I looked up this passage, but I keep under my body. And it was eye-opening for me. In the Greek, I keep under my body. Do you know what it means? I'm going to read it because I might mess it up. To beat black and blue. To smite so as to cause bruises and livid spots. Like a boxer, one buffets his body. Handle it roughly, disciplined by hardships, to give one intolerable or to wear one out. We're not talking about someone else. We're talking about yourself. Sometimes I've just got to tell myself, I don't want to pick up the sword today, but boy, you better get down and pick that up. I don't want to stand with all the weapons on. I'm tired, I'm weak, but he said to stand. So I'm going to get up. I'm going to beat myself black and blue if I have to. I'm going to fight this will of my flesh that says just sit down, just accept it, just let this battle be this battle, just go on. I'm going to fight it and say no. I'm going to have dominion over it, and I'm going to pick up my sword even when I don't want to. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I'll tell you, the victories when you fought a fight you didn't want to fight in the first place, it's a sweet victory when you get the victory you weren't expecting. Oh, a battle you just thought would always defeat you, 
And now you're going to pick up that sword one last time, and I'm going to fight because I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep under my body. Every time I start to feel hopeless, like there's no use, i got to wrestle, wrestle my flesh again and say, no, all the promises of God are yea and amen. So I'm going to claim them. Psalms 139 says, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me. doesn't matter if I've got something that I'm trying to just leave underneath me or to hide. I can't hide. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. God is with you, and he believes not in you, but he is the one who gives you the strength. He knows who you are because he's creating you. Romans chapter 8 says this, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I'm going to stand up. Even when I feel like giving up, I'm going to stand up anyways. If it's the thing that takes me out, I'm going to go down swinging. Amen? I'm going to fight this battle. There's one more, one more brother that Goliath had. This is in 2 Samuel chapter 21, same passage we've been reading, starting at verse 20. And there was yet a battle in Gath, where was a man of great stature that had on every hand six fingers and on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number, and he also was born to the giant. And when he, was, when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shemiah, the brother of David, slew him. This giant doesn't have a name. He was never named. Can't find a name for this giant. Six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. And he was a giant. Now I know that there are some genetic malformations where people come out and have more digits than normal. And this is no blast to anyone that may have that the case. But this was written for this purpose. Not only was he a giant, but he was a scary one. He was made to be described in a way that would induce fear. This giant was big, and he had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. That made him extremely scary. This giant represents fear, and it's fear probably above any other that I've spoke about tonight that will pause us in our tracks immediately. This one attacks all of us at some point or another and has various names. We call it anxiety. We call it worry, fret, nervousness, but it all stems from fear. What makes you afraid? Fear of the unknown? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to come out of this situation. I don't know what the future holds. Fear of the past, maybe something that might catch up. Fear of not having control. Yeah, there are some times that I feel like I'm just not in control. Fear of confrontation, financial fears. We're in a pandemic. Fear of a virus, fear of a vaccine. Our culture just induces fear. Fear, fear. Luke 21 says, 
And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Men's hearts failing them for fear. I understand that we will face things that can cause some fear, but we have a God who's bigger than any of these giants. We don't have to have that fight or flight instinct. Some of you have that fight instinct right away. I'm gonna go, something scares me, something comes against me, and I'm gonna lash out quickly. If it's not in the Lord, you've gotta be careful because what comes out is meant to cut, meant to hurt. Sometimes things come out when you're afraid that you can't take back. It's causing some pain and, and hurt in other people. You feel that under attack and you wanna respond, but if you respond in the Holy Ghost, that's a whole different story. Others respond in flight. They just shut down completely. You're faced with some trial, something scary, something horrible, and you just run, want to run and hide and not confront the fear. Just pretend it isn't there. Remember when you were a kid and you'd pull the blanket over your head? You know, or both hands over your eyes. If I can't see it, it can't see me. I, I know, I know we've all been there, where we face something and that's a, an instinct some of us have where we just, oh, I'm just pretending it's not there. I, I know that there's something going on, but I'm just going to ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. And maybe if it doesn't see me, then I don't have to fight it. That's not how it is to be. Revelations chapter one, verse eight, if you want to face this fear, if you want to overcome this giant, you have to remember who God is. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I've said this before and I focus on the which was and I focus on the which is to come and sometimes I skim over that part that he's a very present help, which is he is right here, right now. There's no battle that you're facing alone because he's right here with you the whole time. Second Timothy chapter one and verse 12 says, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be afraid of any situation because I've already put it in his hands. I've already committed it unto him and he is able to keep it. That's a promise of his word. Amen. Jude chapter one and verse 24 says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. I don't even have to be afraid of falling and making mistakes because he's able to keep us and present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Why should I be afraid? Romans 8, 38 and 39 say, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing that can come between this relationship. What can I fear? 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. 
And I'm going to leave you on this last verse. Hebrews in the Amplified Classic Version. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. And we've heard it recently preached just this past Sunday, I believe. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and what, with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. And verse 6 says, so we take comfort and are encouraged and are confidently and boldly and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not, I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. Hallelujah. What can man do to me? If God be for me, who can be against me? It doesn't matter if it's a giant of discouragement. It doesn't matter if it's a giant of weariness. It doesn't matter if it's a giant of acceptance. It doesn't matter if it's a giant of fear. All of these things come against us to make us feel like we should be giving up or throwing in the towel or just dropping our guard. And yet God says, fight. Take the whole armor of God Take the sword in your hand and stand. Amen. Would you stand?